did Bob McCowan just say what I think he said? You can rewind Primetime Sports Podcast when you subscribe at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. On demand. Going in for the shot. The shot is It's game day. Set for the Leafs and Panthers. John Tavares with a hat trick. This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home. On Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, it is time for Leafs Morning Skate. On Sportsnet 590, the fan. Jeff Blair, Mike Sigamanis, Sean Mathias. You're a drama queen. We were discussing this off... uh, off the air, uh, because Zigamanis apparently is a big tennis aficionado. I don't know. Are you a tennis guy, Sean? Uh, not really. Not yeah, right okay. now. Attaboy. Uh, but not right now. I mean, maybe I'll be swayed oh. after this conversation. <laughs> but no, we were talking about Angelique Kerber uh, suggesting that, uh, that uh, I can never pronounce her name. You know who she is. Bianca Andreescu. Andreescu, that's close Why enough. Why do I know it? Should I be hosting the show? Well, you every could. Time I, every time I come on. Well, no, it's just that I, I, on, on the list of things I need to know to do this show, the names of <laughs> tennis players are sort of there with the names of golfers. Oh, I it forgot. If it's, not ba- if it's not baseball, then we're not talking about well, it. No, if it's not a sport, we're not talking about it. But I was just going to say that, um, you know, I asked you, because Angelique Kerber called her a drama queen, which appears as if she might indeed be one, which is not a bad thing. Who'd be the NHL? Who'd be the guy you played against who was the equivalent of a drama queen? Oh, I can't really think of anybody. Ninety percent of the league. Do you, do you, well, who do, who, do, who do you have? Ninety percent of the league. That's what I'm gonna say. Everyone's every athlete's a drama queen in some way, right? I was definitely. I don't. <laughs> I'll say it. Ziggy, were you a drama queen? I, I don't think I was. All right, you're in that ten percent then. I didn't get on the ice enough <laughs> to be called a drama queen, and I didn't chirp from the bench. I didn't have that in me. Oh, you weren't a you no. weren't a oh really? No, I didn't uh, uh from the bench. I mean wh- I, I see you guys talking from the bench all the time. You gotta get on the ice to Well, I was trying to, to impress the coach. Like, Come on, boys, let's go. <laughs> let's get going. Do you see that? <laughs> uh hey, uh, how come the Leafs can't score goals anymore? Yeah, you, know, you know, we've got all these I mean, the numbers are pretty uh time pretty gruesome. Year. Huh? It's that time of the season where it gets harder and harder and harder and it's right before playoffs and Okay, explain that to me. You look at a guy like Austin Matthews, he scores a lot of goals in those dirty areas, right? And I wouldn't be too concerned about his, like, I think he's always going to score goals. But a guy like Nylander, I mean, he scores a lot of his goals from the perimeter. He doesn't really get in those ugly areas as much. And at the beginning of the season, you see a lot more of those goals and the year progresses and definitely in the last, like, 20 games, especially in playoffs. I mean, you're not going to see those pretty goals, those tic-tac-toes. Teams have their uh, systems, uh, their structure down-packed at that point of the season. And they're playing a lot harder. Some guys are playing for their jobs for next year if they're not in a playoff uh, position. Other teams are gearing up for a playoff push. So it's it's a very tough time of season. And nobody and the ref also puts his whistle away. You get away with a little mm. bit more out there as well. So there's not as much time. There's a little bit more clutching and grabbing. And it gets harder and harder. And uh, when you're a young player, those are growing pains. Did you notice that when you played that it was just... Uh, He's at, on the bench. <laughs> oh, stop it. That's Well, well by the numbers... It's a little concerning. Kadri zero and eleven, Nylander zero and twelve, Janssen one and fourteen, Marlowe one and twelve, Kapanen one and fifteen, and Brown one and twenty three. So the Janssen number in particular concerns me. 
Because he's, he's a guy with... that is new to the NHL, too. Like, this is his first go-around yeah, of a but... full season. Like I said, it's hard this time of year. And it's but, you hard know, he's, for young players. He's playing with Matt. Matthews has been really good lately. I think we can all agree. And he scores in those ugly areas. He right. gets to the front of the net, and he gets and it gets heavy, and he's really good around the net. He can spin out. He's good at that wraparound. He's, like I said, he's heavy. He gets good body position. He's strong on his feet. But well, you, well, you, you, you think there'd be some sloppy seconds for those guys. Well, you have Kadri. No, well, it's it's a slump at this time of year, which is tough to to really swallow as a fan. Okay, you're you're trying to gear up for the playoffs, and now you're in the slump, which they never really had one of these. No, not it's, where they weren't scoring. They have it, and so you're going to have it at some time during the year. Let's get that out of the way. S- the second part to this is that you've had a lot of players play really well, and I don't want to say it's a little bit of a letdown right now, but Janssen, Kapanen, they they've played really well, and and now that you've got your playoff spot locked up. They've had great years. I, I don't want to say they're they're not bringing their A game or they're taking their foot off the gas pedal. It's just it's it, once you play well for that long, sometimes you have a little bit of a letdown during the season. And and I don't know how detailed I want to get into that, but these these kind of slumps happen. Well, get but, into it. Well, yeah, let's hear it. Let's I, hear it. Well, I just I just <laughs> no, I, I it's it's t- it's tough to maintain that pace all year. You're gonna have some kind of slump. Well, Capitan, he's had a head injury. It's we don't mm-hmm. know how healthy he is. He missed a couple games. That's we true. don't know how long it's gone on for. So maybe that can account. Kadri's had two thirty goal seasons, and now guys with twenty goals are signing seven million plus deals. And you, you got to be sitting there thinking, well, why are they getting paid, and I'm sitting here with four million? Mm-hmm. It's it's not a knock against him or the Leafs. It's I just, don't think he's thinking that. It's well, it's t- it's t- it's tough to be in in that environment and and have that happen. And but here's the thing, Kadri. He he's a shutdown guy. He's on the power play. Kapanen and Janssen not scoring. They bring a lot of other things to the game, mm-hmm. to this team. Right. They push pace. They they hang on to the puck. They're they're physical. They bring energy to the team. Um, Brown, he, he's a penalty killer. He he brings other things. He's he's one of those glue guys. And then you've got Nylander with with this point total, and that's kind of what's troubling a little bit is he has to score. But in saying that, he he has been better the last couple weeks, back to the way he usually plays. And so those are my concerns with these guys not scoring. Out, and that's kind of the reason. And then you've got the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know who you're playing. It's difficult to keep going this. And then you're going to say, why is Boston playing well? Why is Tampa Bay playing well? Well, well that's, the reason, that's, that, that's the issue we have right now. Right. I mean, they're all relatively young players, with the exception of Marlowe and Kadri, who's played quite a few years now. His growing pains, like you said, there's injuries in season. A season is a grind. Like, it is a tough 82-game schedule. You you don't sleep well. Guys used to say, never sleep league or never hungrily you know you're they just keep feeding you and feeding you food but you're not sleeping you're just trying to go it's like a race to the finish line almost at times and it is hard it's hard for these guys that haven't experienced many seasons like this and Janssen is a good example I mean he hasn't played a full year in this league he had a really good playoffs in the AHL last year but that's also the AHL you play a lot of three and threes there and then you get five days to rest mm-hmm. so it's uh it's a different schedule it's it's hard on the body you're flying flying takes a toll on your body as well right um, now everyone's wearing these tights to help uh, circulation in the body, drinking a lot of water, obviously. So it's it's a lot of uh, challenges and it's growing pains. Um, 
As you look at where the Leafs are right now, 94 points, they're seven back of Boston with seven games left to play. Um, how would you, and I'll start with you, Sean, if you're Mike Babcock, how do you go about utilizing these final these final seven games? You know, as I mentioned, you've got games at the end that could have an impact on the playoff standings, right? You've got games against Montreal, uh, Carolina, games against the Islanders, not so much, but... But, well, the Islanders in Washington are jockeying uh, for first in, in, in that division. Uh, how do you approach these if you're Mike Babcock? Do you, do you think selfishly and do you rest guys? And I'm thinking particularly of Marlowe, Hainsey, and Freddie Anderson. Or do you, um, you know, do you just say, hey, these games are still meaningful insofar as the league is concerned? I've, I've sort of got to treat them like, like there's something on the line. Yeah, I think you want to get some momentum going into these into the playoffs. And I think if you're going to rest some players, he's probably thinking the last game or two. I don't think it's going to be right now. I think, like I said, he wants to get some momentum, get the guys gelling again, see what lines are clicking. There's question marks right now, and uh, they need answers. So they can't take any of these games lightly. Every game matters. It doesn't matter if they're uh, – I mean, they want to win every game they can, but I don't think they're going to catch Boston, and I think their focus shouldn't be on that. It should be on themselves right now, getting heavy in front of their own net, getting heavy in front of the opposing team's net. And that's where you're going to score goals this time of year. You look at all the playoff series we've seen over the years. I mean, it gets nasty out there. It gets ugly, and the big goals are always ugly ones. You don't see a lot of pretty ones in the playoffs. Yeah, you you want to rest players going into the playoffs. It, 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 you see it in every sport. The Raptors have been doing it since September. Load management. And I, I don't think it'll fly in hockey. It just, I mean, we've heard owners being vocal about taking nights off right. with our stars. Right. And I'm not going to mention what teams those were. But you've had that yeah. in saying, well, you know, your stars would come out and say, well, I can't play great every night. And then I've had the owners kind of go off in the media saying my guys should be coming and playing every single night. They should be the best player on the ice. And that's just not possible in 82 mm-hmm. schedule with, with the way the league is set up. And, yeah, you know, you, you want to rest your players. It's it's one of those times of the year. But in saying that, we just read out all those stats and all those players struggling mm-hmm. to this point. When you're struggling, you can't give players nights off. You can't rest Marlowe. Right, it, when he's one goal. If, if he has one goal in 16 games by the time you're looking at resting him. If, you're, if, you're, yeah. if your team's rolling, things are, are firing. If your power play's going, your PK's good. You're scoring goals. Your goaltender's at the top of his game. You can do that. But what are you going to do? Go in four and seven the last 11 games into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Not playing well, not feeling good? And yes, last game, they they had a lot of chances. Matthias had another good game, a lot of chances. Ran into a hot goaltender. Um, you know, and you, I don't I don't really want to say you can compare it to the Nashville game. They lost, what, 3 nothing. It's... They played well, yeah. but I don't. People are going off on how great of a game in Nashville it was. I mean, they got shut out again, mm-hmm. and that's it, it is an elite team, and they have an elite goaltender. But there's but you got shut out. It's they still yeah. got beat, and it wasn't. I don't even think it was close. They they looked good, but you don't you don't get points for how good you look in a game, right? What are you gonna look good mm-hmm. in Boston? Or you're gonna be out in four games. Yeah. So this is um. This is a test. Let's see what they have now. We we talk about leadership all year. Let's see who's got it now. It looks like Matthews is is the guy. 
he he's bringing a lot more and he's getting a lot of shot attempts on it but his game's more than that right now mm-hmm. he's pushing the play he's playing good away from the puck he looks like he cares he finally broke a stick on the bench i was happy to see that yeah so just just something and um so you like maybe that was, guy breaks a stick on the bench I, i've never broken a stick i've never thrown a golf club either though let me put that on the record how you like watching it I like watching it. Of course yeah. I do. Do you like watching it? <laughs> well, when you're on the bench, do you like it when the guys are snapping their sticks? Uh, I don't care. It's, Did I you mean, like I it? A, oh, I was breaking so many sticks in my career. It's crazy. Yeah, but what, what's the, what did the stick, what was it, the stick's fault? Uh, I love I when a guy misses a pass or a shot on net. He kind of grabs the blade a little bit. It just felt good to snap a stick every now and then. <laughs> I wasn't paying for him. I was like... Oh baby, this one's getting, <laughs> this one's going in pieces. Yes, you know, but you, but you want to see emotion. Maybe that was was that from uh, from Garrett Sparks, kind of lighting the fire, and mm. you know, I, I don't know, but it's uh, it, you want to see the guys play with emotion. He seems like he has it, and let's not get carried away here. He's showing it. He's showing the leader. Let's see who follows now. Mm-hmm. Tavares, he's going to come in line. Marner, what's going to happen now? What um, he might start scoring. Yeah. Uh, well, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but I, you know, you. No, it was something, something, something you. Oh, I, I know it. No, I know what it was. Um, how do you look? You, you talk to guys who go in a slump, hitters who go in a slump, and they'll, you know, they'll be doing things in batting practice different. They'll try to work their way out of it. I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys when you're in a you know, one. One for 15. Um, how, how does a player approach that? Is it A, well, at least I'm getting my chances, so I'm just going to be confident and eventually they're going to start going in? Or B, do you start looking for something different, Sean, it, whether it's in practice? Uh, how do guys go about? I think at this time of year, that? you don't want to be changing too much, like your curve or your flex yeah. or anything like that. But guys will start grabbing new sticks. And sometimes that's the worst thing. So you get more in your head. You're like, okay, now today I'm using a Reebok stick, and then the next game you're using an Easton stick, and then a Bauer stick, and you're, like, all over the place. And for some guys it works, and then they stick to it, right? But mm-hmm. um, I find when I was playing, I mean, I would start changing things up. I'd go to white tape, black tape, and then change my knob, make it longer, and it's like go back to the basics, keep it simple. It's, you've played how many how many games in your life have you played with that same curve, that same stick? Mm-hmm. It's like don't don't try and reinvent the wheel right now when there's only seven games left. No, it's every player is different. Some players press, some players really don't care, and they and they. I don't want to say they they go and float, but they they don't show much, and they just kind of let it. They ride it out. I was someone who pressed. If things weren't going well, you weren't scoring, getting a lot of chances. They weren't going in. But at the end of the day, if you're getting chances and you're doing things away from scoring those times can pass easier. And this mm-hmm. is the talk we've had all year about Nylander, how he's not scoring at a, at a pace he should be scoring at because he doesn't penalty kill. He's not a face-off guy. Right. He's not a, a defensive zone specialist shutdown guy. So there's he's, really one thing he does, and if that isn't going well, it's... It, it's tough. But when yeah. you have guys like Janssen, I mean, when he doesn't score, he's still noticeable on the ice. He does so many other things well that if in a game, in a time like this where he's not scoring, he's still valuable to this team. Marlowe, he, he brings some leadership to this group. But at the end of the day, if he's not scoring at times, mm-hmm. he wasn't this year. It was, oh, he's too old. Is is his time up? We right. saw we heard that at the beginning of the year, and we've heard it a couple times during the season when he hasn't looked the way he's played in the past. 
So there's different things for different guys. And if you don't bring anything else besides the scoring, that's when the spotlight's on you. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, the, like I said, the, those numbers are concerning a little bit. But at this point of the season, these players aren't too worried about scoring. I don't know if... Yeah, that makes any. It's you know you get as seven, long as you're getting as long as you're getting the chances. Can yeah, you? Yeah, well, it just guys aren't concerned if they're not going to score the next seven games because they know they have to score in those next All right. that net that first series. Mm-hmm. You're gearing up for the playoffs. At this point, you're not you're not going to go and drive yourself crazy thinking, oh, how am I going to score these last against Philadelphia or Ottawa? Right. I don't think guys are too concerned at this point. I think they are. I would be. I would be snapping those sticks, like I said. I think Matthews just snapped this. I mean, you you're telling two, me they're not going to be like concerned if they go 20 games without a goal before playoffs with one goal in 20 games. Like, of course they're going to be concerned. With, with, you don't think management is going to be concerned. You don't think Babs is going to be concerned with, with, because they're like, now we're going to start scoring because it's playoffs. That's not, that's yeah. not how it works. I'm talking more about the point where you have seven games to go in the season. If you don't score against, they need momentum against, going into those playoffs, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much about momentum. It's, it's that if you're not scoring against, the Rangers, Philly, and mm. Ottawa with a week to go, two weeks to go in the but season. You're score against Boston, but you're not concerned at this point. You're not gonna, you're not gonna start get, getting at practice and shooting 500 pucks before in the morning. And I, and I've been one of those guys. I was gonna ask uh, you that. Can yeah. you shoot? Can you shoot your way out of a slump? <laughs> it would be great if it was that simple. But you do other things. You get to practice early, earlier. You stay on later. Mm-hmm. You watch a little bit more. Film and w- what players do during the season when they're not, they're not scoring is different than now. Now they're gearing up for the playoffs. Okay. So let's not be too concerned. It, this is concerning these numbers, but in the bigger picture, if if Janssen comes out and scores and you've got Kapanen set three assists in the first two games and Kapanen scores a shorthanded mm-hmm. breakaway. Are you concerned that they didn't score the last two weeks of the season? You, you, no well, one really cares. Yeah, but no one really. If. if these players come to play in the playoffs, you're not worried about the last two weeks of the season. What if this they is, don't show up in the playoffs then? Are you worried well, about that, if after the season, your end of year meetings, your exit meetings? Yeah. Is that, that would be a huge concern then for the next season. Yeah, but it's but those are a lot of what ifs. So you, like, yeah. you can't tell the, the future. So well, you're putting the they're putting the pressure on them in the playoffs. I don't. I what don't. If Montreal I, is I don't even. Right I don't now, even. Right? I don't even mind that. Players not playing well the last couple of weeks of the season, and now the pressure's on. All right. What do you What do you have now? I mean, I would this, almost rather. I'm with Sean in this. I I would almost rather Montreal was pressing the Leafs right now. Like I, I'm concerned that at this stage of their development <clears throat> as a team, yeah, this is not a good time to be comfortable because you are a team that really, let's face it, you haven't accomplished anything in the postseason. If you're Matthews, Marner, and those guys, like there, there's. There's no reason to be comfortable, but at the same time, it's completely understandable they'd be comfortable because, you know, they're, they're unless Boston collapses, which we haven't seen any sign of that, you're going to be starting the playoffs on the road against Boston. Their guys are scoring. Yeah, yeah. it's, I don't want to say the word, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I, I, I understand what you're trying to say with this team. They've accomplished a lot this season. They've really pushed this organization Mm. Think about where it was four years ago. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible, and you can't yeah. get everything in the one year. That's a great point. It may it, it it may not be done. It may not happen yeah. this year. It may not great happen point. next year. But it's so it better happen next year. But well, look at they're look building at, towards it for sure. Like the like if you like you said, 
a couple years ago, they were a last place team. Then they drafted well. They drafted Marner. They made some great moves, brought in JT. They they still have a lot of question marks on their D. And uh, But like you said, I mean, that's part of the process. You look at uh, Chicago. They won three cups, but they built to it. They built through the draft. They built with some good free agent signings with like Hosa coming in. and they But they had a really solid decor. That's something that they're still kind of building here. Well, I talked about this on... Um, on Hockey Central about once you sign your big players and everyone said, oh, well, you sign your couple big guys and then you you build around it. And that's the 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 recipe or formula I always thought worked. Your core and, players, for sure. Yeah, and, but then I looked at the actual contracts of the teams and the term and which teams, how they built their their core group. And I went all the way back to Pittsburgh when I played there in 08-09. It was just Crosby on the big deal. Malkin didn't sign to the, his big deal to the next. And then it took them forever to win. When Kane and Tay signed in Chicago, their big deals. Yeah, it was after. They haven't won since. LA Kings, when Kopitar and whoever else got their big contracts. Those guys they, also won because they, they had cups. They had rewarded with those contracts but they ha- as well. I'm just saying, well, we're signing some pretty, pretty big contracts right now. That's the league, though. We've got 11 million and we've got 12 million and we've got another 10 on the way. But that was 08. Now it's 2019. It's different. Percentage wise of the cap, not as not the same number as those teams, but almost as high. Crosby's at the time was the highest percentage. And now you've got in Edmonton, McDavid, Drysaddle, those two big contracts, and how well they have they been doing? So you could there's a lot of teams to look at, and I'm not sure if that's the formula to win with in the salary cap mm. because teams haven't won since they've locked these players up, and we're going to have three big names locked up for big numbers next year. Well, I was and and that's kind of actually a good segue to what I was going to ask you. We talked about Kasperi Kapanen. Um, People were lining up about three months ago saying they had to get this guy. This guy was the next big contract they had to sign. Obviously, Marner's the guy, but Kapanen needs one too. Where do you stand in that? Are you are, are you less all in on Kapanen than, than you were before? I'm the same. They need him. I don't. It, it depends what number. At $5 million, that's going to be too expensive for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If they can lock him up on it, it's going to be a two-year deal at two point four something along that. He's going to get more than that. But if so they it can, needs to be a bridge deal for if sure. If they can do some kind of bridge at two two million, whatever two and change three, I think he's going to get you. You lock him up. You're mm-hmm. at this point. Well, there's two ways to do it. Either one, they get rid of whoever you want. You pick your your guy, Nylander, Marner, whoever. Because if you, they're not going to have space for everybody, and then they have to go out and get a defenseman next year. You know what I like about Kapanen? He competes. I was I was staying real patient on him. I was like, he doesn't pass at a top six level. And I don't think he does. He can score, he skates well, but he competes really hard. Like he's fought. You can see in his eyes. You can see him when he's going down the ice. Like I, I think he's really valuable to this team. I think he brings a lot of energy to that bench. And I think they I think Babcock and his teammates know that. I think there's a lot of respect for him because like I said, I was holding I was holding back uh, all the praise and stuff at the beginning because I, I body of work wasn't there yet. But when I watch him, I, he plays hard. I really respect how he plays. So I think he's a big part of this team. So they'll definitely have to get him signed. Yeah, and I like the way he plays too. It's just at this point, if you're going to 
do go along that down that road where you lock up Matthews, Tavares, you're gonna lock up Marner. They can't keep Nylander. They're not gonna be able to keep Janssen and Kapanen. It just will not happen. But in saying that, if they're doing what they're doing right now, you're they're gonna need two, three players a year from their minor league system players. Look at Chicago. They had guys that they brought them in. They couldn't afford them anymore after cup wins, and then they got rid of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great model to try and copy. And they're kind of they're kind of similar to a Chicago team. So hopefully they can get guys on good deals, get that first cup, and then it's like what Chicago did. They got rid of Versteeg, Ladd, good players, Bufflin, guys that they had to get rid of before they had a bigger contract and they couldn't afford because they had to sign other guys. But then they brought in the right pieces, like you said, guys from their minor league team, which... I don't think they've done a very good job doing because they have a team that's won a Calder Cup, and they they don't really bring guys up and put them in the right well, positions I mean, at Derm- times. Dermot came up. He came up and did well, but I'm saying Marks. that they talk about depth and like they're not like all in the back end. They there's so many question marks there. They, they but they same yeah. They the mi- I think they've mishandled Hall completely. Yeah. There's no point to keep the keep. There's no point in having him around all year and having him at the level he's at right now. Like I think they've completely mishandled him. Yeah, he doesn't look comfortable. He he's been playing well. He, he's had some good games, but he hasn't been playing all yeah. year. You can't sit on the bench and no, that, play eight games and expect that, to be the best I player. That's what I mean. It, it's almost as if it's it's one of those things where, and I don't know if it's a Babcock versus Dubas thing, but it's it's almost like there's this push and pull, and and he's caught in the middle, Hall, and and now all of a sudden you're relying on him. And as you said, I mean, he hasn't played enough hockey. You watch him out there; he's trying. God knows he's trying, but he's he just guy. doesn't look comfortable. Yeah, he's a big guy. He likes to jump in the play a little bit. He's stay at home, but you see he wants to join the offense. He's good at getting pucks through, but at times he doesn't look comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. It's There was a goal in Nashville that was a little concerning. It was the first one by Boyle, and he kind of had one of the forwards, I'm not going to mention, he... He kind of gave up on the play. He didn't get the puck. And you can right. I've mentioned the fr- frustration, and we want to talk about these slumps and what the Leafs are going through right now. A big part of it is that they look frustrated. They're not getting the puck up the ice. They're not getting it with speed coming out of their own zone. Pucks aren't getting through to the net from the point in the mm-hmm. O zone. They're, it's tough creating, and teams know what they're dealing with with the Leafs. They're a transition team with speed and if you shut that down as a whole I don't want to say they don't have a lot but it's a lot more difficult to generate generate offense and we've seen that in the last couple weeks Our most creative player is, is Mitch Marner he is but it's, it's and it's, he needs to, he know. needs that it's it's everybody even look at Matthews he's doing it all by himself a lot of times there's no t- there's no flow to the game right now yeah and a big part of that is when you have two of your best puck moving defensemen out of the lineup I uh, should mention, by the way, Chris Johnson just said on uh, Twitter that Travis Dermott is no longer wearing a no-contact sweater, That's, which would be another step closer to his return. And I would think he's a guy you would want. You would want him to have a couple of games before the playoffs. I would think. I think of course you want it. Of course you want to get him in. You want to get what's? I mean, you want Gardner in for a couple of games too. But that's. Yeah. I mean, he looks good out there. Get him in the lineup. That's what the coaches used to say, right? You look good. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of Leafs Morning Skate with Zigamanis, Matthias, and Blair. It is Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Good show. Good podcast. Subscribe to podcasts of Good Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. On demand.
Now back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Offside. Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right. I just got to throw this out there because we were discussing uh, altercations. Uh, you had your only NHL fight in your last game? It, not by choice. Okay. I got in a couple in junior. Right. Not really by choice. Right. <laughs> a couple in the AHL that were nothing spectacular. And then it was when John Scott two-handed uh, or tried to grab Phil Kessel in an exhibition game. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. Oh, yeah. And that's when uh, Clarkson came off the bench. Yeah. Right? I was involved in that. And I had the, the minor league <laughs> tough guy, McMillan, kind of, he jumped me. I was trying to help out a couple of our guys on the ice. And uh, he he jumped me. And that's why I I never fought in the NHL or in pro or well, off the ice. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it. yeah. What, what, how about you? I got beat up a bunch too. So don't, don't worry about it. I had a few fights, probably like ten or eleven in my career, like junior to, but nah, I wasn't. Uh, I was much of a tough guy either, more than me. All right, let's go to offside onside. I just thought that was offside onside. Yeah. All right, me again. Yeah, well, am I here. hosting this show yet or what? I'm just you wondering could. if you threw a punch though in that fight. Did you throw any punch? I didn't there? throw any. Didn't throw Hang any. on for dear life. <laughs> Seatbelt time. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> survive. I had all my friends and family at the rink. I didn't. You didn't throw a punch. No, I couldn't. <laughs> my mom was there. She wouldn't have been happy. Um, offside, offside. All right. So with the struggles the last couple weeks, this team has not been playing well. You've got guys calling other players out in the media. saying they need to play with more emotion. And you've had Austin Matthews maybe have his best couple weeks of the season, just showing a different side of him when things aren't going well, he stepped up, he's showing energy. He's getting 15, 20 shot attempts a game. Austin Matthews should be named the ca- next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know you can't. I know you. I don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I. This is very close. I need to go to the uh, NHL Control Center because I'm about. I will agree with you, except I need to see Austin Matthews in the playoffs this year. If he and I'm not even saying I need to see the Leafs win. If he has a good playoff series, then I'm all in on Austin Matthews as captain. Right now, if I had to, if someone put me up against a wall and said you have to name the Leafs captain right now, I would go with Morgan Riley. But I'm willing. I'm I'm willing to. So I, I'm not really saying he's offside or onside. Yeah, I, you're I, you're stepping the line again. I, I'm st- you can't. It's it's amazing. It's amazing right now, when you don't ask. No, right it's now, you, right now you're offside. Oh great! But my now, now but, that's all we need. But my we senses, got it on record. But my senses in 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 a couple of weeks, you could very well be onside. I know that doesn't matter. But. I like Morgan Riley too for captain. But I will say this: you have Austin Matthews at five years. Do you give him the seat to try and keep him when he when that five years is up? You're, like, you're the captain's team. You got to stay here. But you have a guy like Tavares afterwards that who's on seven years. He's got an extra year on that deal. You could give him the seat after. I mean, it's a tough one. Like. Who do you think it matters think, to more, Sean? Who, do, who who does it matter to more to get this? I think Morgan Riley would like he would really do well with the C on his jersey. I think Matthews is a quiet guy. He goes to work. He plays hard, but I don't think it would bother him. I think mm-hmm. Morgan Riley is really suited for the for the captaincy of this team. You, he's good in the media. He goes. He's he does his thing. He's good in the community. 
He's always got his teammates back. Whenever one yeah. teammate says anything, like when Gardner was getting booed, who did they say was all bent out of shape in the room? Yeah. It, was, it was Morgan Riley. Like he cares about every single guy in that room. He cares about wearing that crest. Cares about the fans. Cares about this city. I'm getting fired up right now for Morgan Riley to be the captain. It's easier when you're looking at a place like Toronto. It's definitely easier to name a defenseman than a forward. When you're a forward and imagine Matthews with the C and struggling at times during the year, everything would get magnified. When you have a defenseman, why? Because you're not scoring and you have to be scoring. If you're not scoring... They're going to jump on you. I think Fanuf would say uh, otherwise. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't. I was going to say, that, but was, that was a bad. That wasn't fair on no for the team or him. No, I was there for that. It's it, it wasn't fair on. And him I've at said all. that. That was. We, I we agree on that. I don't blame Dion Fanuf for that at all. And you know, someone said because I made the point one time. I thought it was a horrible decision. And someone said to me, well, then why did he accept it? And I said, yeah, you go and tell Brian Burke that you don't want to be the captain of, of the Leafs. <laughs> you, you go in there and say, Brian, I appreciate it, but you know what? I don't want to be captain. I've, I've always, always, always maintained that Dion Phaneuf was screwed by that. But at the same time, at that time with that team, there was no one else to name captain. And don't have one. It, that's the – but you've got Ron Wilson coaching. Yeah. It, it goes into it. you got Brian Burke, who's the, the general manager. He, yep. It's it's difficult because he brought in Kessel, brought in Fnuff, and what you're not going to name that one of those guys captain now. It's it's tough for him and tough for the team and, t- and tough on the player at that point not to name anybody. And then when it was named Fnuff, it was a lot of pressure on him, and it was something that wasn't fair at the time. But it is easier to name a cap a defenseman captain. I liked what you said about playoffs, though. Like if he has a great playoffs then you, you're all on board for it because I think this team's really working towards something you hear about the blueprints and all that. I think Dubas is a smart guy. He's got his, he's got a system in place that he's building towards. Like if you're investing, you're not going to put all your money into some risky stock the first year. And like, that's when you lose all your money. You, you build over time, right? This team's building towards something great. Maybe that's why they don't have a captain. They want to see who's going to take the reins this year, get fired up, have a great playoff push. Cause I don't think they're right there to win a cup this year. I don't think this is the year. I think they are in a couple of years, and they want to see who's going to be that guy in that year because they're close. I really do believe they are close mm-hmm. to getting far. They want to see who's this year, who's going to take that captaincy, who's going to be pushing the playoffs, blocking shots, playing hurt, playing hard every single shift, every single night, and then that's going to be your captain next year because that's the guy they want leading that team. Maybe it's JT, maybe it's Morgan Riley, maybe it's Matthews. Who knows? But I think it is up for grabs in playoffs like you were mentioning. Yeah. So we agree that you're. Uh, we 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 agree that you're offside now, but it's it's closer than you're on to something. You're on to something. Yeah. Video, video review. You will get another shift. The toe was on the line. The toe was on the <laughs> line. Uh, the Florida Panthers are in town tonight to play the Leafs. Um, we need to talk about Alexander Barkov. Great uh, player. Thirty-four goals, fifty-three assists, eighty-seven points. Jonathan Huberto, uh, twenty-three goals, fifty-nine assists, eighty-two points. Um, a, a couple of things. First of all, I know Sean, you you played there. I want to talk about Barkoff, but let's talk a little bit about the Panthers. I expected more from them this year, didn't you? Didn't you, Mike? Expect more from the Panthers? Yeah. Well, they had a couple key injuries. Um, Trocheck was out of the lineup for what twenty plus games. That was a huge loss. As soon as he goes down, that 
pretty much ended their chances. Coaltending has been a bit of an issue. Reimer and Luongo maybe haven't been as great as they have in the past. And when you're missing a couple of key guys and goaltending's not great, mm. they don't care what kind of system, what kind of coach, even if you've got Alexander Barkov playing 22 and a half minutes a night, it's tough to get in those playoffs. You can't be a one-line team. You can't be a team with with questionable goaltending. T- goal which teams, which division leaders have had bad goaltending this year? Mm, no. Zero. 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 Yep. That's it. And you can't. Any kind of question mark in net, it's, it. you know, you hear coaches talk. You don't hear them talk about it all the time, but they know. When you don't have goaltending, it, nothing works. Those soft goals go in. You it doesn't give your team any confidence. Look at the New York Rangers. Did you recognize half the guys on their roster last no. Saturday night? But their goaltender plays like that, Gorgiev, and you can win games like that. There's no other sport, we've mentioned this on the show right now, no other sport that has a position that has that much weight on a game as a goaltender in hockey. And you can say quarterbacks in football, you can say pitchers, but at the end of the day, the goaltender has the biggest impact. Well, it be, and, and because he is literally the last line of defense. Everything can go wrong, and your goaltender can save you. Even in, in football, everything can go wrong. I don't think your quarterback can save you. Everything can go wrong in baseball. The pitcher's not necessarily going to save you. It's Yeah, and it's it, it's it's difficult in, in hockey. It's, when you, we've seen teams struggle. We've mm-hmm. seen... How about what happened with the Marlies this year? They're getting questionable goaltending off the start. They're at the bottom of the league, and now look at them all of a sudden. They're getting decent goaltending, and they have another chance to repeat. And it's uh, it's difficult when you don't get that, and the Leafs are very fortunate to have Anderson, and I, I want to throw sparks at that. I think he's played decent. I think he's improved a lot from the start of the year. Um, he looks more comfortable in the net. He plays the puck a little bit more. Right. And he's vocal. Uh, Roberto... I, I want to talk about Barkoff in a minute, but Roberto Luongo's save percentage is 898. That's uh, 21 percentage points below his career average. Um, it's, what, 31 points below last year's save percentage. I mean, he is what? He's 39 years old. Is, yep. is, is it time to, uh, time to lower the curtain, do you think, on, on Roberto Luongo as a number one? He's had a heck of a career, but probably at that time, right? They signed, uh, well, they brought Hutchinson there too as a third mm-hmm. guy on a one-way contract. So I think they kind of had feelings that this may be happening this season. But, uh, I mean, he's had a great career and uh, he's getting older. And that's a tough, I mean, I'm sure he's got, he's played for, what, 19 since now? I mean, that's 20 yep. years in the league. So he's got 20 years, including the year with the... Uh, think yeah. about how his hips are, his back. Like, that's that's a hard, hard job. Yeah. And, like, not to mention with goaltenders, you have your own coach. You're out there before practice working with them. You're you're working after practice. Like, he's put a lot of miles on his body. So it, it's hard to say. I, I never want to talk for another man in, uh, in that type of position. So He's going to play – he will play 40 games this year, which uh, will be – well, he'll get over 40 games. So it'll be the second highest he's played. Since uh, 2015, 2016, he played 62. Um, great on Twitter, though. Yeah, great on Twitter. Uh, yeah. That's how I found out I was traded. Strombone one. Yeah, he tre- he tweeted out, and I was like, oh, all right, going to Van. <laughs> That's yeah. a nice way to learn it. 
Yeah, his twi- his Twitter is funny. It is. Uh, let's talk about Alexander Barkov. Sean, you played with him um, in his rookie year, and and again, thirty four goals, fifty three assists, eighty seven points, minus nine on a team that isn't very good. Um, is, shooting percentage is almost eighteen percent, which is intriguing. Um, tell us about Alexander Barkov. You said something off air that he was on the uh, on the um, Yager program. Yager program. Explain that. Well, he's got a great work ethic. I mean, as soon as he came into the league, I mean, he was he was on the ice before everyone else. He was working hard after. But speaking to a, a good friend of mine, Erica Branson, who played with him mm-hmm. with Yager that season, he said he just he just followed Yager around, did everything he did, and that's a great guy to follow. I mean, look at the career Yager's had. But he was just working out more. He got more dedicated to that. And if you watch his Instagram or anything like that, you see he's got the the home ice like the home mm-hmm. rink at his cottage in Finland that like outside he's always working on his game um speaking to guys on that team when he goes home from the rink he's shooting pucks in his garage he's just all, he's all in he's so focused on getting better and being the best player he can be and it's really fun to watch like i was there only for a year with him and you could see it i mean he's very gifted very talented but he makes everyone around him better him and huberto together they were so much fun to watch he's a very talented player and he's a, he was a really good choice for the captaincy there yeah, that's one of the things with this team. I look at them. Barkov, Huberto, Hoffman. Um, you know, Gandel, Ekblad is your defenseman. Uh, this team should be better. Except for that contract on Ekblad that we were talking about. Right. But this this team, I, this team really this team really should be. Well, we were talking about Luongo. If and you're talking about him this being his last year, it's I don't know even, if it will, but he's still he, gonna play forty while, games. While Vancouver better hope he doesn't retire because does not Two million, if he retires, goes against their cap because they they're eating some of his contract. Yeah, but if are. he hang, if he retires, that number goes up into the millions for them. So they're the ones that are really watching. But I, I can't, I can't see him mm-hmm. retiring this year, living in Florida, backup. That's almost like uh, the bullpen backcatcher. How do you get one of those jobs? The bullpen backcatcher. First of can all, I can I first of all, can I send a, first of all, can I send a resume in? First of all, you don't call it a back catcher. What what is it's it called? A catcher, back oh, catcher. That's oh, what. That's what. You, <laughs> back catcher. It's a good thing that Baseball Central's on at eleven o'clock today. I guess I'll be, I'll, exactly, be listening, you, I'll be listening to that on the way. You don't home. want one of those jobs. The pay's crap. They, I it, no no no. The pay is crap. Do I try? You travel with the team and you're. Yeah, but uh, how old are you? Travel with the team. That's nice, Jeff. Come on. How old are you? I mean, at some point, traveling with the team. It's. Have you been in the show? It's fun. I've ridden on the <laughs> charter, but I mean, it's. It's. You don't want to be that job. That job's hard. You do. It you, looks great. Um, catch a couple balls in the bullpen. You don't have a catch couple, a couple, have a couple balls. hot dogs. You don't catch a couple balls if you're the the back catcher. <laughs> <laughs> I just buy lottery tickets. I'm really banking it on that right now. So, sports are done. Lotto tickets, cash for life, baby. Let's go, back catcher. Unbelievable. Um, so there you go. That's Leafs morning skate for today. And why is this on at ten? I, I have to because we have I the lose, baseball I'm, central. I, well, I'm losing an hour of sleep now. You don't need an hour of sleep. You don't do I'm, anything. I'm losing an hour of sleep you in the morning. You don't do anything. I had to wake up a whole and I had traffic today. Traffic and losing sleep. Go to bed an hour earlier. Anyways, I'll be listening to Baseball Central now at eleven o'clock, so I know all my terms. I got so no more back catcher. It's no catcher. Back. Yeah, it's not back catcher. And uh, 
Do they have veggie dogs at the park now for me? Or what? Like, what goes on? I don't know. Oh, I've, I heard about the dollar beers. Dollar beers? What is it? Is, I thought Five dollar beers. That's almost like a dollar beer now. Um, no, but every year they come out with, like, new food items. And it, it just basically it's like adding more cholesterol to the thing. I don't know if they well, have it. I'm looking forward to... I mean, I don't know. Why do you need a veggie dog? You can eat a hot dog. You know what they I say? I like veggie dogs. A hot dog is the only meat a vegetarian can eat, right? <laughs> I could just see you at the ballpark with a cup of ketchup and a cup of mustard and you dipping in one at a time. That's what, that's what I imagine you at the no, ballpark. I don't, I don't eat a lot of ballpark food. <laughs> I really don't. Anyhow. Have you, and I, I threw uh, it a first ball at a, at a game a couple times, Jeff. Yes, you did. You told me yeah, that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe send it to you on Twitter. Please do. At Mike Zigamanis. You'll be seeing it coming in. Not Zigamins. By the way, Andre DeVoe said in Twitter that you are a drama queen. <laughs> you are oh, the, it's, you are it's, the, it's settled then. You are the drama queen on uh, Police Morning Skate. Uh, for Sean Mathias and uh, Mike Zigamans, Zigamanis, <laughs> I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us on Police Morning Skate. Don't go anywhere. The debut. That's what we're calling it. The debut of Baseball Central's next with Kevin Barker.